and it will be the most authentic, culturally accurate experience that one would have. So if you wanted to come to Hawaii and experience Hawaii, mm-hmm. experience it. I mean, really, really experience it. Right. This is the only place that you would want to stay. Aloha. Welcome to Hawaii's Best Podcast. Learn the stories behind Hawaii's best experiences, influencers, and businesses. Discover everything that makes Hawaii the Aloha State. And now your host, Brian Murphy. Aloha and welcome to Hawaii's Best, where we explore Hawaii's best experiences, businesses, and influencers. And we get to hear the story from the people behind them. Well, I'm your host, Brian Murphy, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today and for spending some of your time with us on Hawaii's Best. And the best way to stay up to date on future episodes is to smash that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at hawaiis.best. And recently we put out a checklist. So if you are planning on taking a vacation to a tropical location such as Hawaii, there's certain things that you want to consider to bring with you, but you also want to travel light. So we compiled a list of things that you must consider to pack on your next trip to Hawaii and we compile that in a free checklist. So all you got to do is go to livehawaiisbest.com slash checklist and there you'll find everything that you need to know about what to bring on your next trip to Hawaii. As a family of five, we have gone from two check bags, five carry-ons, five personal bags and we've taken that all the way to just one check bag and just a couple carry-ons and it's important to pack the essentials and it's important to know what the essentials are so we compiled all that just for you in this free checklist so go to livehawaii's.best slash checklist and you'll be able to find it there Today we are chatting with the food and beverage director at the Weston Maui Resort and Spa at Kahanapali. Recently, my wife, Ali and I, we had the privilege of hanging out at the Weston for a few days. And the hospitality that we were shown has been something that we have personally have never experienced before. The Weston is such an amazing place and the amenities are amazing and they're going through renovation that we're going to be talking through a little bit during this interview. But what we left mostly with leaving the West End is a sense of culture and a sense of aloha. And the West End has done an amazing job at doing this balance, doing this dance, if you will, of providing a great experience, everything that you would envision a world-class resort to have as far as the amenities. But the West End has taken amazing detail and providing aloha and providing the culture and history that is so rich, especially on Maui. Now, at the end of this episode, I'm going to be giving you some of my key takeaways. And for my conversation in this interview, it'll probably be pretty clear what those takeaways are. But when I was there, I had a chance to sit down with the food and beverage director at the Westin Maui. And we talked on location about all the things that we can expect 
and look forward to in this renovation process. You can find the Westin Maui at the Westin Maui on Instagram and by simply searching the Westin Maui. Our guest today has years of experience as serving as an executive chef with two tenures in global hospitality environments. He has been involved in opening thousands of restaurants and his eye for excellence and his eye for detail is top notch. But more than that, his heart and his care for his home, Maui, is something that comes across in everything that he does. His heart, his passion for what he does, and his heart and passion for his staff and his team are inspiring. So right now, guys, we are going to talk story with Jonathan Lee from the Weston Maui Resort and Spa. Jonathan, thank you so much for hanging out with us today on Hawaii's Best. How are you doing? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Fantastic. No, it was good fun. We had uh, breakfast this morning. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, I'm the food and beverage director here at the Westin. Okay. I've been at the hotel about a year and a half. I actually grew up on this side of the island and moved back uh, about three years ago. First year I came home, I actually lived in Hong Kong and then I was in Oahu for the year after that. And now I'm actually home uh, and it's been a lot of fun and we had a perfect morning. It was nice. That was amazing. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, it was all right. Now, have you always been in this kind of field of work? Uh, I was in hotels. I grew up, since I grew up in Hawaii, hospitality is always sure. kind of part of stuff. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, real young, I wanted to be a ninja and that never panned out. <laughs> yeah, that worked out. I, you I got tried. the black shirt. Yeah, yeah, I got the black shirt. <laughs> I got the right last name. Nothing else kind of worked out for me. Uh, and then uh, I worked in restaurants uh, yeah. around town when I was a kid and then uh, my uh, first kind of love was always been the ocean. So mm-hmm. I worked on boats for a little bit. Uh, I was, I worked on a sailboat. I was a commercial diver for a, a little while and then I needed to make money. Okay. So that had to go away. <laughs> right. And, uh, so I ended up working at a hotel up north at the Ritz Carlton, mm-hmm. kind of progressed through that. Uh, I spent the last, 25 years traveling around the planet and I was a chef for a little bit and I was a restaurant consultant and a hospitality consultant and now I'm back heading up a project that we're doing here at the Westin that will be completed uh, in June of 2020. Awesome. We'll definitely get into the details of that and, and all those good things, but maybe a little bit more about you, food and beverage director. Is that a passion of yours? Yeah. Expand a little bit. Um, I was a chef. uh, I was an executive chef for several hotels. I worked for a catering company um, and did that until I was in my early 30s and then uh, decided that I wasn't going to be the best chef. I'm okay <laughs> at it, but I wasn't ever going to be the best. And I had an opportunity to uh, work for a company that uh, allowed me to be a consultant and travel a little bit more. So outside of the water, I think traveling, I really like seeing cultures mm-hmm. and different people and the way people think. Yeah. And growing up here, that was nice. Growing up in Hawaii, you have everybody comes here. So you have people from all walks of life and all over the planet. And I thought, yeah, this seems, I'd like to go see where they're from. Right. So I spent the last 10 or 12 years traveling pretty extensively. Mm-hmm. And it's always been a passion. I Traveling for me is the same thing. I want to learn about the people. Yeah. I really want to learn about the food. I want to learn about, you know, what what things that they like. And you kind of, as you travel more and more, you find out that people want the same things no matter where they live. They want to be happy. They want a good family. They want to contribute something Mm -hmm. to the society. And everybody's generally proud of where they're from. So I'm very proud of being from Hawaii. Very proud of being from Maui. I'm very proud of, you know, growing up on the west side of this island. Um, And everybody's very similar to that no matter where they're from. So uh, it has always been a passion. I'm very passionate about people and learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and food lends itself to learning every day. 
because it doesn't matter who you meet, somebody can cook something much better than you or right. has eaten something that you never have. So yeah, that's part it's of it I love. It's a very intimate part of the culture that you're... 100%. Yeah. yeah. You spent some time off the islands for a period mm-hmm. and then you came back. Talk a little bit about what was life like on Hawaii prior to that and then what was it like when you came back? When I was a kid here, I remember it was, um, I talked about being a ninja because I would go to Oahu <laughs> uh, when I was younger and spend a couple weeks and go see grandparents yeah. and stuff like that. And the old international marketplace in Honolulu was about a block and a half from where my family lived. And during the summer, you had to pass uh, Kuhio, which is a street um, right in front of International Marketplace. Right. And it was at that point, this is, you know, late 70s, early 80s, mid 80s. It wasn't safe. Okay. So it was, uh, and by not safe, it was, I, I used to think it was very neat. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Eclectic. You know? Eclectic. There you go. So we had to be home before yeah. it got dark. We had to cross the street and stuff. Yeah. And I just remember... Then it was, you could do, you know, we'd be gone all day. We'd go boogie boarding or surfing Uh or causing problems and trying not to get caught or whatever it was. And nobody worried about it. And even Maui, there was nothing, you never were worried about stuff. Everybody knows you. Mm. So if you do something wrong, you're not getting caught by just your parents. Your parents are finding stuff out without investigating. (laughs) You know, everybody, every auntie, every uncle, every neighbor, everybody knows who you are. They know who your parents are. They know what time your parents get off of work. They probably work with your parents. So, um, it was a great place to grow up because you had to be either clever or good Uh and nobody was ever clever. (laughs) So you just kind of always had to be good. And everybody, it's a very tight knit community. Everybody knows everybody. And coming back, it was neat to see that a lot of the same people I grew up with are still here. They've got kids now, they're married. They still have the same maturity level and everything else. (laughs) There's a lot more responsibilities. Um, From a food standpoint, uh, I thought it was just, it was like Thunderdome here when I was a kid. It was when Pacific Rim Cuisine was first starting, Mm, when I first first started to get into cooking and everybody knew how to cook. I think that's still the same here. When I was a kid, every man knew how to cook. Every woman mm. knew how to cook. It was part of the culture and it still is. Sure. Uh, the food scene is getting better, I think. I, I was surprised because I would come back periodically over the okay. last couple of decades and and I was always kind of disappointed. You know, I, I, there was stuff that I always came back for, mm-hmm. you know, like local favorites and stuff that reminded me at home, but uh, it, it kind of got disappointed. Now I see there's a lot of local chefs Okay. Which is great because when I was a kid, you were French, you were German, you were Dutch, you were Austrian, you were from someplace else. They brought you in because that meant quality. That doesn't mean quality. Mm. Here you got, you know, you guys got guys like Sheldon or Leanne, Jojo, Joey Makadangdang. You've got all these guys that are coming up, Kenny at the Ritz. You've got Chef Jen here at the Westin who are just passionate and Mm. are all in. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, walking Wikipedia of culinary stuff and the amount of accessibility and things that they could learn at such a young age. They didn't have to go if they wanted to learn about French food and move to France. Mm. They could do that because there's, there's so much access to that. So. I think it's a lot of fun. There's no more borders anymore with food. Mm-hmm. I think that's gone away. That's cool. Um, so I would say Hawaii, especially Maui, is starting to really kind of kick into staying with tradition a little bit, but right. really bringing in, showcasing all the young talent that's coming up. Now, from your perspective and your role, how would you answer this? What comes first, culture or taste? I think you have to have culture for taste. Mm. So culturally, uh, I always use tacos as an illustration okay. for a question like this. A traditional taco has been a traditional taco. If you go into outside of Azteca Stadium in Mexico City, they make tacos the same way they've been making tacos, you know, for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. It's a tortilla, either a, a flour or corn tortilla with meat, onion, cilantro, 
and then you have salsas if you want to put it on the side, and that's it. Sure. And when I was a kid, a taco was a crispy shell tortilla. It was ground yeah. beef. It was lettuce. It was tomatoes. It was cheese. It was cream. It was all these different things. Nobody wanted to hear about the real taco. Mm-hmm. Now, once that was introduced and it started to become, here's what a taco should be, unbelievable what the cultural change of that was. But it wasn't the taste of it. It was the cultural piece. That taco's always been there. Mm-hmm. The introduction of it and the liking of it changed. But the cultural piece, that's the foundation of how that started. Poke is a perfect example for Hawaii. Yeah. Right? So poke has been around my whole life. Well, my whole life and many other people's lives. And now it is over the last 10 years, you you see an increase of it in New York and Los Angeles and other places. Poke wasn't a fad here. It's a cultural piece. It's just, you know, it's, it's been, it's been, it's yeah. a part of the culture. It means yeah. cut fish. Mm-hmm. It's never, you know, <laughs> I, the best pokey in the world is pokey. It's fish with salt and ogo, no soy sauce, no sesame, because the fish is so good. Uh-huh. They wouldn't want to really do anything with it. So people have now figured out the taste because it's been given to them. Mm-hmm. But pokey's cultural. If it didn't taste good, then you couldn't send it out anymore. But right. it's a cultural piece. Poi is another example. Poi, oh, okay. if you grew up with poi, you love it. Spam, you know, sure. we grew up with spam. Yeah. Uh, spam's not as, it's cultural-ish. <laughs> but poi is part of the culture. There's the history there, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say culture. Yeah, that's good. Shifting gears a little bit, and we're we're sitting in this beautiful <laughs> resort. Um <laughs> We're sitting in a room that's completely empty that's about to be demolished. <laughs> For all transparency. Yeah. <laughs> but on the property of the Westin, there's been a lot of recent renovation, improvements, but love to hear a little bit more about the history of the Westin and how it all started. So Kanapali itself, where the Westin sits in the middle of Kanapali, Kanapali is separated by two areas. So North and South Kaanapali, and it's separated by a big black rock that's known as Black Rock. It's very (laughs) clever. Very good name. And for years and years, it wasn't anything in Kaanapali. There's uh, the Sheraton Kaanapali has been here uh, before I was born. It's been here since the early 60s, maybe even late 50s. And it was the only resort on the south side of Kaanapali forever and ever. Where Weston sits now and where all the Hyatt and all the other hotels are, years ago was a racetrack. It used mm. to be an old horse racetrack. Uh, then it was just beaches and uh, there was a golf course that's been out there for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then Maui Surf came along. So Maui Surf is what the Westin is today, but that structure has been here. The second tower came in later, but Maui Surf was a hotel when I was a kid. When you walked into the lobby, it was completely flat. It was just a giant field all the way out to where the beach is. And then you could see the water when you came into the lobby. Wow. So when we were younger, we'd play football on yeah. it and, you know, sneak into the hotels and steal towels and make sure that we could play around there during <laughs> like the day. Ninja. Yeah, like a ninja. <laughs> See, I was doing some practice here. <laughs> and then it started to develop in the mid-80s is when all of the designs or early 80s is when all the new pool designs happened. Mm, so okay. when Vegas started to build up and have, you know, fancy pools and California had fancy pools, they came in and really made a massive renovation and built this, you know, jungle gym like pool area. Mm -hmm. And that's still kind of the focal point of the resort today. It has waterfalls and slides and we have five pools. We'll soon to have seven. Um, so it's, it's always was kind of the playground for all the kids and everybody else. And we are sitting in a very empty, you know, room about to be demolished, but we can look out and we see the Island of Lanai and we see the Island of Molokai and it's windy a little bit today, but it's a view that you can't beat ever. 
Yeah. When you think of Maui, you think about yeah. this view, right? Here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What I thought was impressive, first time staying at the West End, you walk out towards the pool and you get past the pool hut and you're like, you're literally on the beach. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever experienced another place like that. So we have a, we were having a big conversation the other day about liquor licenses yeah. and we can serve liquor up to the sand. Okay. We have a beach path that is, you know, four feet or five feet, six feet wide or whatever it is. And that has 10,000 people to walk up and down it all day. Right. But then we have a giant section of grass that runs the entire length of the property that is right on the beach. Uh-huh. It's funny in Honolulu and Waikiki and other areas in Hawaii, it's very, very difficult to have a resort that's right on the beach. Mm-hmm. And we are right on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. And even kind of comparing this place to Waikiki, thinking about the beach and the amenities, what I love about it is you can get on a outrigger, you can learn how to surf, you can do all those things right here without all the hustle and bustle of Waikiki. Yeah. And it's um, so... Part of right now we're, and we'll talk a little bit more about it, but the hotel is going under a transformation. So we yeah. have a massive renovation that started about 18 months ago. It will conclude in the room that we're sitting in right now, which will be a restaurant created by Sang Hyun mm-hmm. out of Los Angeles, who has father's office. And when that transformation becomes complete, it will start the really the relaunch of what the Westin will be moving okay. forward. So yeah. you were talking about the water. Um, we have a uh, gentleman we had lunch with today, Eric Frankham, uh, started a program called uh, the Westin Waterman. Mm-hmm. So Eric is exceptionally passionate about surfing and paddleboarding and uh, anything that has to do with water, just like I am and like the majority of people that choose to live here. Right. We, it's, it's an integral part of our culture. We have uh, some of the best water men and women on the planet that call Maui home. Mm-hmm. So Laird Hamilton's who lived mm-hmm. here when I, in the nineties, him and Gabby Reese lived here. Uh, Zane Schweitzer, who uh, is partnered with us on this. And it's a combination of a couple things. One, we want to educate people about the ocean and the fun things that can go on and the variety of things right. you can do. So you can surf and you can paddle and you can fish and you can dive and free dive and all these different things, but also educate the younger people coming up that for us to sustain this, there Mm -hmm. needs to be a little work. We're doing a very good job as a race of trying to destroy it. Mm. So we need to counteract that by doing a very good job as a race to not destroy it. So we're going to, Eric has set up this wonderful program about educating people. So that we've done it for over a year now and phase two of that will be inculcating all of those activities that you talked about and really utilizing. So outrigger canoe, uh, doing outrigger canoe trips and educating guests on that, Mm -hmm. uh, surfing and paddleboarding and turtle tours. And we have, this is one of the few marine sanctuaries uh, for humpback whales on the planet. So right out front of the hotel from December to April April, is going to be whale season. So we'll have humpbacks. You sit on where we're sitting right now, you sit in your hotel, you sit on the beach, you sit in the pool, and you can watch whales Mm -hmm. all over the place. Um, So it is such an important thing for our society, for our culture, for our people to make sure that we keep this sustained, that Weston, from a standpoint of making sure that we do our part, we have inculcated water all throughout the property. Mm. So as we open up the beach to the lobby or to the Port Cashier when you come in, Mm -hmm. is all going to be one area for us. That's cool. So you guys are obviously creating great experiences, but beyond that, there's a culture educational aspect to it because obviously there needs to be a tractional piece as well for guests. 
but also there's this educational piece. We were talking earlier yeah. about starting for the first time, the Westin in Kanapali will have a Hawaiian cultural advisor and an advisor program. Yeah. It is so important. Hawaii is not like any other place. Exactly. Um, and everybody can say that about it, and they're probably right. But from a destination, especially for in the U.S., there's no place like it. We're first culture. Mm-hmm. We're first history. Mm-hmm. We're the third people, which make up those two things and keep it perpetuated. Um, we don't show hospitality. We are hospitality. Mm-hmm. We are a culture of people that have been showing off our land and showing off and sharing cultural pieces with people for as long as we've been a culture. So it is not a vacation in the sense that, you know, yes, you're going to relax. Yes, there's going to be byproducts of vacation. It's beautiful. It's stunning, all these things. We want to inculcate what the history of this was. You asked, you know, is it taste or culture? Yeah. In this case, it's always culture. It's always culture. It's the people, you know, our culture dictates why the people are so wonderful, why we're Mm -hmm. unique, why when you come here, you feel like you're part of here. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, you know, when when we have visitors here, we don't want the visitors to be visitors. We want the visitors to be part of our ohana, part of our family. Yeah. Um, so the cultural piece for our hotel is so vital to bring that back because we're not mm-hmm. trying to, we're reprogramming the entire building and I'm not going to have, and no offense to any of these musicians, but there won't be a Jimmy Buffett. Uh, <laughs> there won't be, you know, a Steve Ray Vaughan. There won't be a bunch of stuff, uh, Toby Keith or yeah. any of these things, because that's not who we are. Right. So we will have, you know, local artists and yeah. we will support our community because it needs to be sustained. Yeah. So we're going to keep everything in Maui, keep everything mm-hmm. in Lanai, keep everything in Molokai. So Maui County will be, but our food will be that way. Our drinks will be that mm-hmm. way. Our education will be that way. So we have somebody that will educate people not only in Maui and Hawaii, mm-hmm. but also on the west side of Maui. So Lahaina, where we're sitting next to, was the royal capital of Hawaii for hundreds of years. Right. So it, it has such a historical, massive piece in history that it seems unfair right. to our guests, our ohana that's coming from someplace else, not to share that. Mm-hmm. So much more than just Mai Tais. It is. Now we do make good money. Uh, yeah. Yes. And yes. like you said, that's yeah. a byproduct. It and is every, a byproduct. Everything you do is, is what I'm hearing is through the spirit of aloha. Yeah. yeah. Aloha by definition means first breath in, last breath out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's more than hello and goodbye. It yeah. is the first breath that you take in when you get here. You're part of us. Yeah. Until the last breath when you leave. Right. And even then, when you leave here, You'll remember this for the rest of your life. It's the, it's the old question, you know, do you remember the best meal you ever had? <laughs> and you can describe what you were wearing. You can describe yeah. what it smelled like. You can describe all of the different things. And then if I ask somebody what they ate on Wednesday two weeks ago, you have no idea. Right. So we're an emotional experience if you let it be. Yeah. But we need that cultural piece to drive that. I love for our listeners to hear more about what the renovations look like, what phases and spend some time there and rattle off uh, what can we look forward to and what is already here. Yeah. So yesterday we started phase three. So it's the beginning of September. Yeah. Phase one was the tower that you and I are sitting below uh-huh. is about 90% done. We've got something I'll mention a little bit later, but all those rooms are done. Unbelievable, gorgeous. We had a designer, uh, Maori Kim, who's from Maui, came in uh, and she designed stuff from all over the world. She's designed stuff in London and Paris, New York. And then she's from, she's a local girl. So she came back and did a bunch of research and did a whole design based on history of West Maui. 
And then we did the lobby at that point. We built a very nice parking structure. So we got some, you know, facelift stuff at the very beginning. Phase two is the pools. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, we have five pools. We're going to have seven out of the, f- we're about, so September, end of December before Christmas, we'll be done with that piece. Okay. And phase three is the F&B portion. So this is the portion I've been waiting 18 months for and yeah. planning and everything else. We have a lot of new things and everything's kind of a big piece of a puzzle. Sure. So from a food and beverage piece, we talked about cultural and how important it is to bring that back. We are building two new bars. Uh, one will be finished here shortly. Another one will be done in April. Both of those will be based on cocktails. So mm-hmm. uh, the Talk Story Bar, which will be a 200-seat bar that uh, I love that flanks. name. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Good. You like the name. Yeah. yeah. I've been going back and forth. The general manager and I, Greg Lungberg, have <laughs> been going back and forth, so I'm glad you like it. Um, so <laughs> Talk Story Bar will kind of flank the ocean. Uh, it'll have seats, uh, it'll be right on the beach. It'll be next to the pool and it's based on seven cocktails. Mm. So seven cocktails that I, I went back and, uh, I have a very good friend in Oahu named Andrew Woodley, who is uh, one of the top three or four bartenders in the world. Mm. Um, so him and I worked on concept for it. Uh, but the idea is if we went back to the original Tiki, so Trader Vic's or Beachcomber Bob's, we found drinks that we could tie into where we are. And each drink has a story about Maui Hmm. and half the drinks are stories about this side of Maui. And so we based an entire concept on those seven stories. That's cool. So the idea was to take our history and our culture and then bring it to other people. And Mm -hmm. the name Talk Story came from the idea that this is a communal place. We want people mm-hmm. to talk about stuff. And I love stories. Yeah. I love stories. I love listening to the old Kapunas and, you know, the older ones tell about stories when they were young. Yeah. Um, so that's the talk story bar. Then we have the adult pool bar, which is based on, I had a big affinity for spa stuff in the eighties. Yeah. So like California spa cuisine, right. I thought was really, you know, the use of avocado and all the other kind of goofy <laughs> stuff and the outfits people wore. And I thought that was cool. So anyway, yeah. regardless, that, that's what that, that bar is going to be based on, yeah. uh, kind of an elixir spa take, okay. but infused in Hawaiian ingredients. So it'll be, you know, savory herbs and sweets and things. But the whole idea of that bar is called Ho'omaha which means relaxation. Mm. So it's an adult-only VIP type area where we'll have live music up there, but it'll mm. be very tasteful and quiet and everything else. And then it'll be roped off. It'll be kids-free. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's going to be a really nice space. We have a market. Uh, chef Jen Evatushek is our executive chef here, who's in Paris right now sending me, she's blowing up my phone with pictures <laughs> of, have you ever heard of the Louvre? <laughs> you know, I had a croissant, you know. So, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's having a great time. And she has designed a market and we took inspiration from like a Dean and DeLuca mm-hmm. or a Wegmans or something like that, or, you know, these little specialty markets that you'd find in Italy or Spain and yeah. other places that used to be here too. You know, like we have Hasegawa General Store in Hana. Uh, we have Oka's and all these different little places that have been around. And it'll be a small little place that'll have four or five food stations. And then uh, that'll probably make it 80% of the market. And okay. then 15 to 20% will be handcrafted artisan stuff. We are partnering with a company called Kuya Chocolates, which is in Lahaina, mm-hmm. um, that is philanthropist Gunner, Dr. Gunner, who started it, is donating all of the profits. 100% of his profits will be donated to Maui Charities. Oh, wow. 
because he doesn't need the money and he wanted to give back to the community. And it's just a, it's a wonderful partnership. Um, we've got, you know, people that make, whether it's soap or bracelets or whatever, I didn't, any kind of artists and stuff that we can find. Uh, but the only tangent is that it has to be 100% made of Maui. Period. Local, yeah. yeah it has yeah, to be yeah, local. And yeah. it, it has to be something that you can't get anywhere else. Sure. So I want that. We have a full-blown Starbucks that's coming in. So that'll be, you know, that, yeah. takes, that ticks a box for us. <laughs> sure. A cultural piece. That's important. Not too. as much, but yeah. it's still it's Starbucks. Yeah. How do you yeah. not want Starbucks? Yeah. And then we talked about Sang has got a restaurant that's going to be the centerpiece of the culinary stuff. It'll be, you know, massive 380-seat uh, mm. restaurant on the water that yeah. uh, is taken over by one of the best chefs in LA currently. And then the the kind of the creme de la creme of what we've got going on is where we're sitting now above us will be our Lanai experience. So the tower that we have will have this space mm-hmm. that will be centered around culture, locality, food, and beverage. Mm. It will be uh, 100%, everything that goes up in there will be 100% local. Uh, we will have uh, a Hawaiian cultural team that will be up there doing activities and we've broken it off into morning activity, which mm-hmm. will start the morning with an A-A-A or something similar to that. Uh, we'll have an afternoon cultural activity and evening cultural activity that will be provided for all the guests who buy into this tower or, you know, stay in this tower with us. And it will be the most authentic, culturally accurate experience that one would have. So if you wanted to come to Hawaii and experience Hawaii, mm-hmm experience it. I mean, really, really experience it. Right. This is the only place that you would want to stay. Yeah. And it, we're more excited about that. We're, you know, we've been working on cocktails that are, we won't have any alcohol that's not from Hawaii mm-hmm. that's up there. So nothing, everything will be local. Uh, we have enough, now it's nice, there's enough distilleries and breweries sure. and things to provide us with some booze <laughs> to make this right. appropriate and everything. So we've got that going on. Everything should be done, minus Sang's is a little bit longer just because of the magnitude of the project. Sang will be done twenty June of 2020. Okay. Uh, the other projects will be done, almost all of them will be done by April and May of 2020. And out of all these projects and all these moving pieces and puzzle pieces, as you call them, which one, maybe personally, you're most excited about? Would that be what I assume the Lanai? Yeah, the experience? Lanai to me is the, I've opened up, I don't know, in my career, I've probably opened up. 1500 restaurants, maybe more. And Mm. I've done it in 70 different countries. Nothing has hit home more to me than this. We have so many people that are passionate about this. And this wasn't just me designing this. This was, I had the idea of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I knew what I, I wanted something that was culturally accurate. I wanted something that would, uh, we have a phrase here, chicken skin, you know, give you chicken skin when you walked in goosebumps. And I shared that idea with our general manager. I shared that idea with our marketing team. But when I started sharing it with our team, with Mm -hmm. our associates, then you find out that I'm not unique here. I've got a building of 400 people that want to do the exact same thing. So Mm -hmm. when I talk to our front desk people or I talk to our guest service team or I talk to landscapers, housekeepers, cooks, anybody else, everybody wants to be involved. So Mm -hmm. for me, the collaboration with everybody in the building to get it going. And we did a showcase of what that looked like to our ownership and to our management team. It'll make you cry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's absolutely, it's heart wrenching. It's beautiful, but it means something. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, like uh, the drinks and stuff. Everything will be culturally accurate and everything else. Right. But 
this will tug at your heart. Mm. And that's what we wanted to accomplish. And that we can do because of how passionate everybody that works here is about it. Having that buy-in and having that ownership amongst your team and associates, I mean, yeah. that's huge. That's when you know you're onto something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And because yeah. I'm not all that bright. So <laughs> I mean, this is no, you know, I, I wasn't asking to be friendly. I was asking, yeah. you know, I don't have any idea what I'm talking yeah. about here. Can yeah. you help me out? <laughs> that's leadership too. Yeah. <laughs> Just by default. Yeah, right. it's perfect. <laughs> Growing up on Maui, Talking about stories. Okay. What was maybe one of your favorite stories growing up in regards to Maui? We always liked questions, right? So tourists, obviously, as a kid, you know, you don't appreciate people coming from other places. So my father came here in the 50s. Uh, he's old. So he's when in the early 50s. Maui was very well known for, and Lahaina specifically, was very well known for black coral. So we had a lot of black coral. Uh, now there's less and less of it, obviously, because it doesn't generate itself. By the time I was old enough to dive and do that type of stuff with my father, it was really deep. So you'd have to dive 200, 250. Now they're diving over 300 feet to go get this stuff. My dad was here in the 50s. It was I don't know, 30, 35 wow. feet. So they yeah. could free dive for it. And he used to have some great stories about, you know, these, all of these guys going out and they would dive all day and then drink all night. So it was, you know, this kind of fantasy, you know, he obviously, yeah. I don't think he was married at this point. So he could do whatever <laughs> he wanted. Uh, but as a kid, I just remember questions, you know, yeah. tourists especially would ask questions about neat stuff, you know, yeah. uh, they would like, they would, if you and I were standing here and they would look at Lanai and say, Hey, is that California? <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great stuff. Or my ex-wife's family has boats and I worked on those for a long time when I was a kid and she, she still has them. And, yeah. you know, her and I used to laugh because they would, you know, we'd be on the boat. And, uh, I remember a man who was, I can tell you, it was Ken from Topeka, Kansas. Okay. Ken. Ken wanted to know if water went all the way around the island. Okay. And That's a legitimate I, question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He wanted to know how you got to the, if you could swim under, if there was a tunnel or if you could drive underneath oh, Maui to get from one side to the other. Yeah. He rattled off these three questions, Ken from Topeka. Uh, and if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, you know, we would get to a point where we would just, yes, yeah. the water, it actually doesn't go all the way around. It stops, yeah. you know, and that's, you didn't see that when you came in. Um, yeah, you actually can. What I need you to do is go talk to our friends up at Lahaina Fish Company or wherever yeah. and just tell them, hey, you need the key because you want to do the drive <laughs> under the island, you know, so stuff like that where we have <laughs> shenanigans, if you will. Um, I remember... Uh, as a kid, though, sneaking into pools, I thought was the greatest. It was like the great, it was never really hurt anybody. And you're always running sure. away from stuff. Yeah. The freedom as a child here to go diving, you know, to go, we grew up eating fresh fish. We grew up with sea turtles. We grew up with whales. We grew up with old salty seamen that were angry all the time. <laughs> and they were, I didn't, I had an uncle that I didn't know drank until I saw him sober one time. I mean, I had all these little, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Are you okay? You see, peakish, uh, jumping off rocks. Um, it just, it was such a free and loving place. Um, and it taught us more about the golden rule, I think, than any mm. place I've ever lived. Because here, you treat everybody exactly how you want to be treated. Because sure enough, you get mad in traffic and give somebody a gesture that you shouldn't. Yeah. It, say you're going someplace, they're probably going there too. So, right. you know, <laughs> it's it's not a good situation. So it just teaches you. And I lived on Lanai for almost two years. And mm -hmm. that was an island of 3,000 people where everybody knows your name mm -hmm. legitimately. And it just, it's... 
you have friends that are friends for life. You have family, you know, everybody that's older than you is uncle or auntie. You're, you learn respect, mm -hmm. you learn how you should treat people. You, sh you learn about culture. Um, you're inculcated and in immersed in an area that the whole world comes to you. Mm -hmm. That's what I love living here now. Yeah. And that was my favorite part of growing up here. Yeah. Going back a little bit, I love your posture in visiting other cultures, wanting to go there and experience it, being there, knowing that you're a guest, asking those questions. Maybe speak a little bit about someone who's coming to Hawaii for the first time. What are some culture things? We talked a lot about culture, but maybe what are some etiquette things that you okay. want people yeah. just to be aware of before they uh, deplane? I would say if you're going to, when you come to Maui or when you come to Hawaii, come to Hawaii. Yeah. Forget where you're from for a little bit. I always tell people, you know what you know. You'll never forget that. Yeah. Your job now is to learn all the stuff you don't know. So from an etiquette standpoint, here's a couple of quick things. Aloha to everybody that is used. It's not a hashtag. It's yeah. a aloha, mahalo, go a long way. It's please and thank you for everything. It's hello, goodbye. Listen more than speak. Mm. Uh, this is an opportunity for somebody to learn about a culture that they probably don't know a lot about. Ask questions. I, and I am a massive proponent of who, yeah. what, where, when, why, how. Yeah. Um, couple like real etiquette things. Always remove your shoes before you enter somebody's house. Always. I don't care who the house is. Mm -hmm. Always. It's not an option. It's a, it's a practice. I, you know, I've, I've got enough lickings for even walking one foot in with a pair of slippers. <laughs> I don't do it anywhere I go, regardless yeah. what it is. Remember that. If you're driving, we're very limited on roads here. If you're driving and want to take a picture, absolutely pull over and do it. Yeah. Don't use your cell phone when you're driving around here. Uh, you know, we have kids running around. We have all yeah. kinds of stuff. There's people crossing the street all the time to go surfing or go in the water, things like that. Uh, be cognizant of people. Mm. I mean, really, you're going to immerse yourself in where you are, but really being cognizant of people. And if you don't know if you should do something, ask somebody. Mm. Uh, it's very, very simple. For the most part, Hawaii is one of the most educated places I know mm -hmm. uh, as far as people that know where they're from. So if you want to ask any local person for sure, hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Absolutely. Another wonderful, see, ask somebody where to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, like right now, if I have, I'll talk to 500 people in the hotel today yeah. and they'll ask me where to eat. And I'll, obviously I'll say, yes, you should eat here, but yeah. I don't eat here. I'll tell you where I go. And, yeah. you know, I, if I'm not cooking at home or I'm not going to a barbecue or I'm not doing this, if I'm not out with my girlfriend exploring or making us making dinner together, mm -hmm. then I got 50 places I can go and eat, yeah. you know, and we have a lot of good local people that cook for us and everything else. And don't be afraid to do something that's not in a guidebook. Mm -hmm. Spend as much time in the water as you can from a please, thank you, mahalo, aloha, Act like you were at somebody's house. Yeah. Would be Love my that. best advice to you. Like you, somebody invited you over. Yeah. Act like that. Yeah. That's a great way to sum it up. Jonathan, is there anything else about the West End that maybe we should be aware of or excited about? The number one reason why anybody should come to this hotel. The food will be great. The beverages will be great. Right. The service is great. But the people that work here mm. are awesome. Yeah. I mean, they're unbelievable. They're we have people, it's, it's not uncommon to go anywhere around here where somebody's worked here for 35 or 40 years. Mm. They've had their entire life, their entire career has been based here. Yeah. I've never met a group of humans that I like more than the group of humans that are in this building. They That's are awesome. lovely. They're wonderful. They are family. Yeah. Um, 
we fight, we argue, yeah. we make up. But when it comes to guests, the things that we do better than anybody else, I feel, is the stuff that's free. We're kind and we're nice and we want to make sure that you have a great time and we go out of our way to ensure that you have an experience, not a vacation. That's definitely been my wife, Allie, and I, our experience here. Right when we got here, checked in, we talked with Don. <laughs> Don and Atta. So her husband, Atta, is uh, one of the landscapers. That's what When we were having saying. breakfast, he yeah. walked by us this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's fantastic. She's fantastic. Like yeah. 15-minute conversation yeah. about... Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on Hawaii's Best today. How can people get connected with the Westin Maui? Obviously, we have a website uh, under westin.com or westinkaanapali.com. Uh, we're on Instagram. We've got uh, even our, we have three parrots. We have a black swan that all have Instagram pages. So <laughs> Kiyoki Kioni, uh, Newman, the black swan, they all have Instagram. Newman. Newman. <laughs> Newman. Uh, and it really is blind. <laughs> birds. I thought it was a black duck and apparently it's a swan. Who knows? <laughs> bites and, but anyway, <laughs> Newman's great. Um, so we have social media and you Google the hotel. And again, we have, we have a bunch of fun stuff happening for the next four or five months. And then we have a big kickoff with Sang's restaurant being completed in June of 2020. So uh, definitely check us out. Yeah. We're a lot of fun. Come see me personally. I've got a, if you like to drink or eat, I, I, I know a guy. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, I just want to give a big thanks to Jonathan for his time, his hospitality and all of his wisdom when it comes to Hawaii and so much more than Hawaii, but about being a traveler, about being someone who is aware of the world and other people. For me, that's probably my biggest key takeaway is wherever you go is to not simply be a tourist, but be a learner. Ask a lot of questions Learn the culture that you're going to and that you're in. We mentioned about a conversation we had with Dawn, simply at the front desk, about just asking questions about Lahaina and about Maui and about some of the places that she enjoyed. We got a whole slew of information and it was like a 15, 20 minute conversation about where to eat and what to eat and what to do and what not to do. And it's important to go wherever you're at. If it's Hawaii if it's Bahamas, if it's Mexico, doesn't matter where you're at, is to not just be a tourist, but be a learner of culture. And I think Jonathan has done an amazing job at that. And that comes across in everything that they do in all the projects and all the initiatives and all the renovations that they're doing. It's so much more than providing a great experience. That is kind of the byproduct of it all. Really at the heart of what truly matters is telling story and is about understanding culture and is simply about loving one another. That's what Hawaii's Best is all about. And I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I want to encourage you, if you did, hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on future episodes and also drop a review below that helps other people be able to find this conversation. Well, until next time, be well. Aloha. Thanks for listening to Hawaii's Best Podcast. To stay up to date on future episodes, be sure to hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Hawaii's 
www.thepeakshow.best. 